This week, we are starting the uh, second section of chapter 13, Nature, the Enjoyer, and Consciousness. So we'll just give a brief overview um, of last week, actually by asking a few questions. So first of all, do any of you remember who the field is and who is the knower of the field? Yes. The field of the activities of the body. Mm -hmm. And then knower is that soul and super soul. Soul, very good. Does everybody catch that? Okay. So the field is the body, and the knower of the field is the individual soul, and then the super soul. Those are the two, two knowers. So the field includes all the senses and everything, too. Yeah, and that's further described in the chapter. Yeah. And then the second question, what are the six changes of the body? Anybody remember the six changes? I mean, like babyhood, childhood, like that. Yeah. teenage years, middle years, old age, death. Right, right. It's kind of like that, yeah. Like birth, growth, produces byproducts, remain for some time, dwindle, and then perish. So, yeah. Okay, great. And then. Contrast knowledge according to Western or materialistic view with knowledge according to Lord Krishna. So this is how we can know um, the knower and the field. Ultimately, the knower or the super soul is through these items of knowledge, which are also described as Krishna. So those include, they're very much different than um, the concept of what's needed to understand materialistic science or culture or any of the material fields. So humility is the first one. Prabhupada said humility means that one should not be anxious to have the satisfaction of being honored by others. A material conception of life makes us very eager to receive honor from others. But from the point of view of a man in perfect knowledge who knows that he is not this body, anything honor or dishonor pertaining to this body is useless. One should not be hankering after this material deception. They won't teach you that in uh, Western culture. Nonviolence is generally taken to mean a man not killing or destroying the body. But actually, nonviolence means not to put others into distress. People in general are trapped by ignorance in the material concept of life, and they perpetually suffer material pains. So unless one elevates people to spiritual knowledge, one is practicing violence. We have tolerance. Uh, means that one should not be practiced to bear insult and dishonor from others. One should be practiced to bear insult and dishonor from others. If one is engaged in the advancement of spiritual knowledge, there will be so many insults and so much dishonor from others. Simplicity means that one, that without diplomacy, one should be so straightforward that he can disclose the real truth even to an enemy. As for, the accept, as for acceptance of the spiritual master, this is essential because without the instruction of a bona fide spiritual master, one cannot progress in the spiritual science. One should approach the spiritual master with all humility and offer him all services so that he will be, he will be pleased to bestow his blessings upon the disciple. We have cleanliness, steadiness, try to understand the distresses of accepting birth, death, old age, and disease. Detachment from children, wife, and home, if they're not favorable to Krishna consciousness. Happiness and distress are concomitant factors of material life. One should learn to tolerate, as advised in Bhagavad Gita. As far as self-realization is concerned, it is clearly stated here that, the bhakti, that bhakti yoga is especially practical. So Prabhupada explains, without the practice of bhakti yoga, all the other items aren't helpful for us. Because ultimately, knowledge is meant to know the knower, or the source of the knowledge, the objective of the knowledge. And so if we aren't establishing that connection through bhakti yoga, and humility, tolerance, these things, ultimately they can come and go. Sometimes we might be humble, and sometimes we might be prideful. But when we develop Krishna consciousness, then these qualities automatically develop within us. And so Prabhupada quotes this particular verse from Bhagavatam. Those who are actually knowers of the absolute truth know that the self is realized in three different phases, as Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. Bhagavan is the last word in realization of the absolute truth. 
Therefore, one should reach up to that platform of understanding the Supreme Personality of Godhead and thus engage in the devotional service of the Lord as the perfection of knowledge. Okay. Krishna, would you like to share? Well, again, this uh, particular section was just full of nectar. I mean, it's just hard to quote. I might quote the whole thing. There's one quote this time. But anyway, okay, so out of that I chose uh, from uh, the 18th verse in the purport. And there's a little sentence that says in here that really hit me. One must surrender unto the Supreme Personality of Godhead if, if he at all wants liberation. So my understanding of that is one must submit all that he is or thinks he is, conceding everything to the Supreme Personality of Godhead if he wants liberation. So <clears throat> application... In everyday life, um, I basically just uh, do that. I mean, I, I try to submit everything that I possibly can to first spiritual master. I mean, that's the first step. And the spiritual master then can instruct you how to actually surrender to Krishna, you know, uh, through him. Um, so, uh, and also to the devotees, and then just follow the teachings of the spiritual master. He follows. Um, so I wanted to back that up by saying that there is precedent to that uh, in the 23rd uh, text in here, um, in the 13th chapter. Um, it does say that in part of the purport, it says, Without the sanction of the supreme soul, the individual soul cannot do anything. The individual is bukta, or the sustained, and the Lord is boktaha, or the maintainer. Just give it up and turn your faith toward me. Then you will be happy, he says. Um, thus, the intelligent person who places his faith in the Paramahatma, or the Supreme Personality of Godhead, begins to advance toward a blissful, eternal life of knowledge. So, and also in 24, basically, the whole purport actually talks about that. Um, I'll briefly just do the little section here. Um, by his personal endeavor and association with authorities, saintly persons, and a spiritual master, he has to understand his position, that's the living entity, uh, revert to spiritual consciousness or Krishna consciousness by understanding Bhagavad Gita as it's explained by the personality of Godhead. Then it is certain that he will never come again into this material existence. He will be the transfer into the spiritual world for a blissful, eternal life of knowledge. So. I liked how you said that the practical application is through the spiritual master. Um, because, as my Gurudev, Jivananda Prabhu, he always says that we're recovering impersonalists. So, like, for an example, I was thinking if, if you had a, a franchise corporation, now they have the same general guidelines and they operate mo mostly in the same way. But if you work for a particular franchise, say in Tucson, and there's a manager at that branch that you have to be accountable to. So oftentimes we, we may um, rely on the general principles of bhakti and Krishna consciousness, but we're a little bit reluctant to, to submit to um, a spiritual master, a living guru. But the process is, is to have, um, I probably said the diction guru is to, to pull our ear so we can... Um, Stay, stay the path. And, and the spiritual life is so complicated, the application can be so difficult, so confusing, that we really need that direct ability to um, approach our spiritual master if we're confused, or if we don't know which direction to go, and say, am I doing the right thing? How can I improve my service? Um, as as we, were, we were speaking about in Bhagavatam class the other day, um, there's a particular associate of Lord Jaitanya, um, Narahari Sarkar, and he wrote a, a famous book called Ajnamrita. And in that book, he describes how um, if there's some con conflict in our mind about how we should go about executing our daily practice of Krishna consciousness, then we should bring that conflict to our guru for resolution and see, um, ask our guru, what is your analysis on that? And if we have a genuine guru who is sold out on the path of bhakti, is plugged into the discipline succession, 
and they can uh, rectify that for us, and they can they can help us to, to stay the path. And also, again, that, that humility, as described as the first item of knowledge, is really essential, and to be able to um, accept that, even if it's different than what we may, may think or expect, but to be able to fully accept that. So yeah, thank you so much. Yes. I was going to say I appreciate what you're saying that we need a living guru because many devotees argue the opposite and they use one of the main um, things they use is Prabhupada said uh, my books will be the law books for the next 10,000 years. So many devotees misinterpret that to think well because we've got his books we don't need a living guru. <laughs> so I appreciate what you were pointing out. Yeah, and it's just, it's just a misunderstanding because, you know, we have three different sources of knowledge. We have the Shastra coming down through the, through the pure devotees, through the Acharyas. And then we have the Guru and the, and the, and the saintly persons, the Sadhus. And so in the second chapter of, of, um, of Adi Lila, Chaitanya Charitamrita describes the spiritual masters. And it's described in the Bhakti text about the different divisions of spiritual master and how, how important a personal living guru is to take um, spiritual initiation and that person actually accepts our karma in a, in a spiritual initiation ceremony where we, we throw grains in the fire and we chant mantras and he gives us a new name and he, he, he literally absorbs our karma and he dedicates himself personally. That's why Christian consciousness is a very personal path. Personally, he dedicates himself to take that soul and, and guide that soul back to the spiritual world. It's extremely important. So thank you so much. Okay. Do you have to I think in text 15, uh, the text is, The super soul is the original source of all senses, yet he is without senses. He is unattached, although he is the maintainer of all living beings. He transcends the modes of nature and at the same time he is the master of all the modes of material nature. Now in the purport, uh, Prabhupada mentions, Bhagavad Gita also confirms that when the Lord appears, He appears as He is by His internal potency. He is not contaminated by the material energy because He is the Lord of material energy. In the Vedic literature, we find that His whole embodiment is spiritual. He has His eternal form called Sachit Ananda Vigraha. He is full of opulence. He is the proprietor of all wealth and the owner of all opulence. And he is the most intelligent and is full of knowledge. I think this is pretty important. Yeah, that He is the proprietor of everything, whatever we have. So I think that we have to understand by I mean, coming into this Krishna consciousness and then becoming a devotee and then diving deep into that thing. Because I think in another words, Text 19, he says, Thus the field of activities, body, knowledge and the no uh, nobles have been summarily, uh, summarily described by me. Only my devotees can understand this thoroughly and thus attain to my nature. So this goes back to that thing that, yeah, I mean, we have to I mean, follow this path of Krishna consciousness and then try to gain that knowledge which he is talking about to finally go back to that Godhead. So knowing that Krishna is a proprietor, um, how does that help us um, as we progress in Krishna consciousness? I think we have to be like humble and then, uh, I mean, we, we should not have that false ego kind of thing that, okay, this is like, I am the most intelligent people or I am very powerful. Because Krishna is the most intelligent, most powerful, he is the proprietor of everything, whatever we are having here. So I think we are that. And so understanding that, then we can become hum more humble? I think so, yeah. yeah. Because most of the people, yeah, they like if they have more money or if they have more power, then they think, okay, then they are the God kind of thing. But that is not the thing. Yeah, yeah very good. Yeah. Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and that's really the, the progression in consciousness is to realize ourselves as subservient and needing the Lord always. Not, not just sometimes on Sunday, but really needing, needing the Lord at every moment. And that's also appreciation is there and gratitude because Krishna is giving us 
the ability to to seek Him, to find Him, um, to ultimately attain Him, and to live, to live a life, even to enjoy in this world. The Lord is giving that opportunity, right, to to have an experience here, separate from Him, if we like. So realizing that that source is is perpetuating our existence, is facilitating us to be everything that we do. And then actually we can develop love through that gratitude because we're, we're thinking, wow, this Lord is so kind to me. He's always doing so much for me, always. So it's very nice. Okay, so... Moving to Madhubu? I'm not ready. No? No. Okay. So, um... Well, first of all, let me set the scene because, um... So... In the beginning of my Krishna consciousness, I had a realization that, because um, I used to read a, a book that I used to hold dear to my heart, that um, the, the name of the book is Meet Your Soul. And it's all about um, talking about the soul and, and um, almost like if it's a, a, another entity, like get to know the soul, like your soul or your higher self or something like that. And it was like completely, the whole book, it's, it's referring to the soul as if it's like something that's not you, like something else that you can get access to and that you can have a relationship with and all this stuff. And, and then I had the realization as I was reading and all, and you know, I, I became Krishna conscious and all this stuff that they're kind of like referring to the Paramatma, but they don't even know it. Because I mean, you're the soul, like how can you, how can it be separate? So um, I had that realization, and then as I'm reading um, today specifically, it kind of clicked even more because it talks about, um, like right here it says, um, it talks about like um, how people sometimes picture um, the soul as the, um, almost like as the Paramatma, like as the all-powerful like part of yourself. But it's not. It's actually the Paramatma is, is like super soul. You're the soul, and then there's a super soul. But they kind of mix them together, um, and it it reminded me of that instant when I was like, wait, like this doesn't make sense. Like you know, the soul, you're the soul. So how is it like separate from you? How can you have that kind of, or try to have that kind of relationship if it's you? I, I, I mean, I get it if you want to have a relationship with yourself, but in the book, it was strictly like another entity. So it was weird. Um, and here it says, um, very clearly, it says, um, the super soul, the Paramatma, has, no, wait, right here. His name is Paramatma, not Atma, and he is transcendental. It is distinctly clear that the Atma in Paramatma are different. So it clicked. Um, it reminded me of that instant when I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. So it's it's very common, like now, even nowadays, because he was talking about like, you know, like in India or something in instance. But even nowadays, like people refer to the soul like as if it's like something else. Like if it's within you, but it's not you, it's like either your higher self or something else. And it's not, it's actually Paramatma, it's actually God. It's almost like they don't want to admit like that God is a person or God is like someone and it, he lives inside of you too. So it's it's weird in that way. Yeah. So, so how are you going to apply that? So, well, I definitely am not going to read that book again. <laughs> keep reading and keep learning. <laughs> Actually, when we're stuck in Maya, we think we're the false ego. Mm -hmm. So the false ego is who we think we are. The soul is actually who we are. Mm -hmm. But we're all trapped in this false ego. And when they tell us to surrender, you have to give up your thinking, your opinions, and your feelings that are largely material, and accept the Guru and Krishna know everything properly. You just have to accept everything as it is. Because Krishna is everything as it is, not how we think it should be. So the reason the soul seems separated from us is because really we think we're the mind. And unless we have a strong enough intelligence 
and the right knowledge. Uh, the mind and the false ego defeats us at every turn. We don't even realize how bound we are by the false ego and the mind. You know, I like this. I don't like that. Well, Krishna says it doesn't matter whether you like it. It's about whether it's true or not. So we, we turn away from things we don't like. Well, that'd be hard, you know. Well, that's your ego winning, you know. And unless you have the, the experience, the knowledge, and the intelligence, you get defeated before you even realize that there's this battle going on. You just you don't even realize it's happening. Yeah. It happens to you, you know. Yeah. And it has to, it has to come from a place of of desire and realization because ultimately you know you're right when we come to that that full realization we, we gain full trust in Krishna's representative but also Krishna consciousness as 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 opposed to different traditions we may have been brought up in around the world is not just a dogmatic belief system it's actually a spiritual science and that's why um, Krishna Bhagavad Gita is ultimately saying, actually, he's explaining the science to Arjuna, and ultimately he's saying, um, he's, he's expressing the different levels of surrender, the different ways we can make advancement, and ultimately he's saying, this is my opinion. Because if you remember, actually, he's describing how, how also knowledge interacts with the knower and the object of knowledge, and the, as we're reading right now. Krishna Arjuna, are you saying, thinks? What did you just say? Sorry? His opinion? Whose opinion? Oh, Krishna is saying throughout the Bhagavad Gita, as, he, as he's instructing Arjuna, he's saying, this is my opinion. Because he's always, giving the, he's always giving the living entity the ability to choose. Yeah, he's giving the absolute truth, but ultimately we have to realize it for ourselves, because it's not a dogmatic belief system. It's something that we, we choose based on desire, and we can realize it to be true. And that's why Krishna, at the end of Bhagavad Gita, he says, you can actually worship me, you can engage in my service through your intelligence. So he's, he's saying that this is a, an intelligent. He's speaking to Arjuna's intelligence. So it's interesting. We're actually reading just this. Um, so he's talking about how we can... So he says... Let's see, three notes. He says that the five great elements, false ego, intelligence the unmanifested, the ten senses in the mind, the five sense objects, desire, hatred, happiness, distress, the aggregate, the life symptoms and convictions. All these are considered in summary to be the field of activities and its interactions. So you can see involved here, as well as the gross and subtle senses and subjects, there's hatred and happiness and distress and, and convictions. Convictions are there um, and desire so you can see that it's a, it's a complicated field because Krishna is never going to force us. And, and if we just are given a dogmatic belief system and we, we feel forced into it or threatened or there's a fear-based, then it's likely not to really grab hold of us or, or capture our hearts. So that's why you're right. Ultimately, we do have to accept um, Krishna and the spiritual master, but also it can come, it can come in increments and we're always going to have the ability to, um, to not accept and thereby, thereby continue our existence in, in this material energy. So Krishna is very lovingly actually expressing the path. Yes. And it also ties in with what you were saying earlier about the uh, importance of, the, of the having a guru because, I, I forgot what the verse is, but there's a verse in Bhagavad Gita about that where it's like you have relevant questions to the guru. And he clears your doubts if you have some doubts about something related to Krishna consciousness. So, so it's like a, like you say, it can come it comes in increments. Your faith increases step by step. It's not like all of a sudden you're a pure devotee. Yeah, yeah. You say you approach one who, who has who's connected to the truth. You feel uh, you feel loves Krishna so much, and in time you'll learn the symptoms of those who have spiritual qualification. He says, approach those who have connected and inquire and render service to those persons. And then they can actually enlighten you about truth. Um, but to the, and then also Krishna is saying, you know, the degree that we approach him, then he's reciprocating. So, like it also, so that's why desire is the root of this. Our, our desire, Krishna will never, never force the living entity. He's always going to give an option. That's why he's, he's trying to convince Arjuna, because Arjuna surrendered to him. But ultimately he's saying, Arjuna... You can choose. 
I'm not going to force your hand here. I'm telling you, here's the reasons why you should fight, why you should do your duty. But ultimately, it's up to you. So that's why he's giving the process to, to understand these things in a very scientific way, like direct experience, to actually realize these things as opposed to growing up. You know, I grew up Orthodox Christian, very conservative Christian, and they tell you this is the only way, and they, and they, they lay out the, the scriptures, and you can't ask difficult questions because then you're seen to be um, going against the, the conventions of the church, the teachings, etc. So this is not, this is not a, a dogmatic belief system. It's actually a science of self-realization, of realizing ourselves. And, and um, I really appreciate what you were saying, Radhasindri Mataji, because that it's, it's true because we, we don't see that the difference between the soul and the super-soul, and they are different entities. Yet as we get to know the super-soul, because we're part of that source, we always also realize ourselves. So in a sense, they're right when they say, get to know, but it's the soul of the soul. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're part of that, but they don't see the difference. And that's the difficulty. It's because there's a difference as well, and the difference allows for there to be yoga, or, or a linking of the consciousness, and love and affection. So that's the difference. Welcome, Elijah. Good to see you. Sorry, I missed your call. Yeah, sure, why not? Um, you know, Krishna... His nature is Satchit Ananda Vigraha, and our nature is Satchit Ananda, the fact that we're, you know, eternal, we're full of knowledge, and we're full of we're blissful. Um, and it's interesting, in, in, in text 19, in the purport, when Prabhupada says, that knowledge is nothing but the preliminary stage of understanding devotional service perfectly. It's quite interesting, right? Knowledge being the preliminary stage. That is so amazing and interesting to me, because... I realize that the more I endeavor in this process of Krishna consciousness, that it's not so much about all this knowledge that one acquires, but it's more about the condition of the heart. And it entails and embodies all these different aspects that you guys have all touched on. Humility, surrendering to a spiritual master. Um, No, you come in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it kind of entails all these different elements. And what's really sweet about um, bhakti, bhakti is like the, the bliss. So beyond this knowledge, we can taste the ananda, the bliss. And it's it, it, within this process itself, the process is the goal. So when we, when we take up this process, this is the goal. Um, that, that we are tasting, that we are relishing this bhakti. And it's so sweet. And it's, as you said, it's, it's a science. But at the same time, it's not just, as you said, some dogmatic thing. It's not just the acquisition of knowledge, stale, dry knowledge. But it's actually something more. It's something that we can relish. It's something that we can taste. It's something that we, we can experience. And it's very personal. It's not impersonal. Um, and that was another thing that I saw over here where the monists, obviously, they have this idea that one... When we pass, and eventually all things become one. This idea that all things become one. Well, the devotee doesn't accept that idea because there needs to be there, there needs to be individuality in order for loving interface to exist. So I think this is absolutely wonderful, and it enthuses my heart to know that we never lose our individuality, but our consciousness is cleared, it is purified, so that in that stage we can share in this beautiful ras with with Krishna ultimately. And anyways, this is just my thoughts, and I'm just rambling on, but it's what I wanted to share. I didn't prepare anything, but it's just something I, I was thinking about. So I think that's share. How are you, you going to apply that? Um, well, you know, the first and the most important thing in, in, my, in, in, my, um, in my journey is to really submit to my spiritual master and understand that I don't know anything. You know, I'm here, and it's by, his, by Krishna's grace, and, you know, he sent forth his devotee. And how can I ever please Krishna if I'm not pleasing his devotee? There's no question of me pleasing Krishna if I can't please his devotee or his devotees, period. So, you know, my desire is to render, you know, service to my guru and to try and, and do as, as he teaches and to make progress on the path of bhakti in that way. Nice. 
you know what what Tarun Prabhu was saying actually it's true it's true in the in the, the sense that we if we have full faith it's just like if I have full faith in someone then then I don't have to um, be questioning like it's not an experiment anymore you, do you see what I mean like but that but again that's a, that's a process and 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 as uh, Nityananda Prabhu was saying it's a process coming from adau shraddha to tender faith to full faith but once you have full faith then it's not dogmatic anymore but you just you have a full knowing and trusting. If I accept Krishna, then that's going to be the best thing for me. So it's not that um, it, it all it all comes together, but but it comes together through uh, an awakening and a process of of again what Krishna is laying out. How can we know the the knowable through the process of knowledge? Like that. Did you have something? He, he had something. Okay, yeah. Adding to something um, to Govind Prabhu's comment on yeah. bhakti. So I was reading somewhere about Radhanath Swami. So he says that mind, our mind is like a monkey on the trees and then it is wandering everywhere. But once you give that mind that ripe fruit of bhakti, then it will not wander, wander here and there. And then it will start I mean, focusing on whatever we are trying to achieve in that Krishna consciousness. He says that starts eating a banana, right? Yeah, correct. Very, very focused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good. Thank you. Uh-huh. So he first talked to you about knowledge. Um, ultimately, we do have to completely understand it because if you only half know it, you have half truths. That means that there's room for lots of mistakes. Just out of ignorance, you can be making mistakes if you don't know. Also, ultimately, we have to have full knowledge, absolute knowledge of the absolute truth. And actually, that's the only sin we really have. We have false material misconceptions of the absolute knowledge of the absolute truth. I mean, all of it comes under that. For whether we say it, we forgot God or we misused our independence, it's all just a mistake, in a sense, from, our, from a personal point of view. And then he said, when he talked about oneness, the Maya bodies have a different sense of oneness. When we say oneness, we're one in purpose with Krishna, not one as in the same as Krishna, but we're one in purpose, where we want nothing other than his joy at our service to him. You know, complete and holistic service, not just, like you said, on Sundays or whatever, you know. We all make accommodations for our own story. Ah, this is good enough. Ah, this is good enough. Like, it's probably not good enough, because when you really get there, it's never enough. You know, you can't do enough for him. And we don't even we we don't even have the capacity yet to understand that's where we're going to get to. Only the spiritual master or a God-realized soul understands what it feels like to be there versus here. Yeah, and I, I think that you you and Govinda Prabhu were actually were saying the same thing. And ultimately, yes, Krishna reveals his knowledge to us, and the fruits of knowledge are manifest too, and those are the symptoms of a devotee. So I'd like to read those symptoms. These, these are the fruits of what develops um, through, through Bhakti Yoga. And ultimately, Krishna reveals this knowledge. And he says in Bhagavad Gita, it's very confidential knowledge. And, and I will reveal to you to the degree you, you're surrendered and you follow this practice, like you were saying. So I don't think we're, we're thinking differently about that. But these are beautiful qualities. Um, I made a little tune to it, so I, I can sing it if you like. <laughs> kind to everyone. Equal and faultless, respectful and clean, simple and benevolent, free from dissension, peaceful and meek, compassionate and friendly, humble and mild, without material desires, self-controlled and sane, regulated in eating, silent and charitable, completely attached to Krishna, expert and poetic, fixed in the absolute truth, steady and grave. So uh, Govinda Mahaprabhu, he was saying last week as he was given his realization that, gosh, I'm reading these qualities of knowledge and God, I have, there's so much I have to make progress. And so these, these are very wonderful qualities and they're the fruits of transcendental knowledge and the essence of being um, Bhakti Yoga. Because through Bhakti Yoga, Krishna says, through all knowledge, um, I am to be known. And of all yoga processes, because ultimately knowledge means how can I how can I form a connection, right? It's just like when we when we receive knowledge about um, a particular destination. Once we have that knowledge, we can follow the path and we can attain that destination. 
So in the same way, Krishna says, by all knowledge, by all knowledge I'm giving, that I, I am the goal of that knowledge. I am personally to be known. And, and so through that connection with the Supreme Pure, Yah Blissful, filled with all transcendental qualities, um, like Prabhuji was saying, and Rahul Prabhu, filled with all these transcendental qualities, that we also, um, we, we are given, we are we reawakened in that association, just like entering into the fire. We take on those, those, those qualities of transcendence that we, we've been describing. So uh, this is a little overview. Um, yeah. From who you were saying about something like the, the path and the goal are the same. I mean, I'm paraphrasing what you said. And that threw me off a little bit. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So when one is on a when one is on this path of bhakti yoga and this path of, of devotional service, one is tasting the nectar of bhakti yoga. Hopefully. <laughs> well, one yeah. If one is sincere, if one yeah. if one is has you know fixed determination, and one is following nicely, then one can definitely taste the fruits of of, of devotional service, and that within itself is the goal. So that it's like the the journey is the goal, so to speak. It's not like there's this, you know, light at the end of the rainbow. You know, like we can experience that bliss now. We don't have to wait. And it's and it's just a continuation of what's going to take place. Well, I kind of agree with you. I would just say that that's kind of like uh, like Lord Chaitanya said, the Chinjya Veda. How does what is that? Chinjya Veda Abhita Yeah, like it's kind of simultaneously one with different because. It's true that you're going to experience a certain level of joy or bliss during your sadhana. Mm -hmm. But when you actually reach the goal and you're in the spiritual world serving Radha and Krishna, that level of bliss is going to be a million times more intense or better probably. So I think what you're saying is, is true in a way, but it's also going to increase a lot too, I guess is what I'm saying. I think, I think that we can experience that bliss now fully. I don't think that. I don't but think the thing is, the thing is to experience that fully, you have to be an origin of Riti, completely free of all sure. unwanted things. It's a process. And you have to be a God-realized soul um, to experience completely. I, I agree with you. You can experience a lot of amazing joy and bliss while you're work, you know, while you're working towards it. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I feel like um, the way that Gurudev explains it, I like how he explains it when he says things like that. He says that, you know, he means like us serving Krishna, like in our service to Krishna, the, the journey is the goal. The journey, we, we learn how to serve each other. We learn how to serve Krishna. We learn how to um, obtain prema, obtain love of God through service. And that's kind of the goal too, because we are going to continue serving the Lord and just loving Him and all these things. So I feel like that's what it means when it says... Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Okay. There's, yes. there's a slightly different version to what he said. I mean, the uh, Sambanda, you said it, uh, the path is... Abhideya. Yeah, and then uh, Pariyotina mm -hmm. is the... So, we're to understand our relationship with Krishna, the material world, the Jiva's place in the world. The path is sadhana, devotional service, which is chanting, singing, harinam. Um, and then the goal is prema. Um, you might have feelings, but unless you're advanced, the feelings are still material feelings, not spiritual feelings. Prema, love of God, uh, we're told we have to go through the stages of, let's see, uh, can't think of the first one. Shraddha. Yeah, Shraddha. And then we have to go to uh, Sang, which is associating devotees. Yeah. Uh, then Bhajan Kriya, which is the practices. Uh, then you get, and I think most people are at the level of uh, an Arjuna Vritti, getting rid of all unwanted things. It's only when you get rid of all unwanted things do you start having, let's see, Nishta is strong faith. Ruchi is described as taste. This is up there on the scale. And asakti, which is attachment, comes to bhavarati, which is affection, which is like the opening of praying. So there's stages still far above us that we have to obtain. We have to not really think we've mastered it yet. 
you know, well, that's not what he's saying. He's not saying we yeah. yet. Yeah, he was, he was, he's saying that the, we're serving, we're, we're performing sadhana bhakti, so we're serving, and then ultimately we, we continue to serve. Yes, but, yeah. but it also says that at the lower level, we're serving out of duty or fear of God. Uh, and they're pretty much the same. Prabhupada taught us this was the right thing to do. And when you accepted his premise that this was the right thing to do, you're at first doing it out of duty. And then out of some stage of going through these levels, you will really start feeling it. Everybody wants to feel that they're feeling it now, but it's going to be much, much greater. I don't think anybody is debating that it's a process. It, it definitely is a process. Everybody here is, is expressing that it's a process. So no, no one is thinking that we've achieved the highest goal. Also on the absolute platform, spiritual, um, spiritual development is, is always increasing. And as we make more advancement, we think, like, we think I haven't, I haven't made any advancement. We think, we think I, I haven't done enough to please Krishna. But Krishna's mood is when we do something very small, he takes it as very significant. And that's his love for the living entities. He's known as um, Bhavagrahi Janardana, which means that if we, if we express something from our heart, even now, we're in the liberated state in that exchange. It says, Patram Pushpam Param Toyam. If you offer me with love and devotion a flower, in that experience of that exchange, we, we are on the liberated, liberated platform. We can, debate, we can debate if there's further to go. There's always going to be further to go. We've never reached the pinnacle. Like even Radharani is feeling like I, I don't have the love, proper love for Krishna. She's, she's the highest. There's no one even can come close to Radharani, but she's thinking, I can't do enough to express love to Krishna. So yeah, we're never thinking that we've attained the epitome of love. We're always thinking that I want to do more for Krishna, and I want to do it better with more feeling. So yeah, I don't think anybody here is thinking that you know, it isn't a step-by-step process and you and can't also, make more advancement. Also, isn't it true that since Krishna is unlimited, that he can give someone spiritual experiences even if the person has, even if the person's not fully purified yet. Oh, yes, yeah, He definitely. can break through any of that stuff. He can inspire someone, he can give them a momentary spiritual experience or whatever. The greatest example is Jagai Madai. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why the Lord is the most merciful in this age because all of us are, are unqualified because it's Kali Yuga. And Kali Yuga is the, the last of the four seasons of the Vedic cosmic time cycle. And it's a very degraded age. And, and so we're seeing examples all around us in our own life. We come from Western culture, um, eating lots of meat, engaging in so many activities. And the Lord is giving us some taste of Krishna consciousness. And um, he, he, he ultimately, um, through the process of chanting the holy names of Krishna, we can very quickly become purified, more than any other age. We can make more and more advancement because he's in such a mood of, of bliss and such a mood of um, munificence. He's said to be the most munificent. He's the most munificent incarnation. Lord Jaitanya. Lord Jaitanya. So he, he, he's allowing us to, to very quickly achieve this goal, love of God. Yes. So we have to stay malleable. You know, we have to be adaptable and malleable, and we're always in process. We never stop being in process, no, no matter what. There's no like goal to obtain. And even in the spiritual world, I understand from more advanced teachers, it's a constant process, and that we have this determination, which can be really strong, but this determination can also become an armor. And eventually, through crying for Krishna, no matter how far along we go, there'll be that moment when that armor has to dissolve and shatter and we once again cry for Krishna. And in that crying for Krishna and in that want, we'll begin again. And I think it's just a constant process of shattering and beginning again because as we continue living in this material world, we just pick up pieces wherever we go and then all of a sudden we find that we have armor or we're too determined and we'll never know enough. You know, and knowledge will also have to shatter. Um, yeah, stay in process. Exactly. And Lord J- and different devotees were asking Lord Jaitanya, what is a symptom of a devotee? Um, and, and he says, well, first of all, he, he, told, he told his devotees, he would instruct them, he said, what is the highest thing that I can do? And he would say, first of all, become a servant of the, of the devotees. And this will please me. Become a servant of devotees and chant Hare Krishna. And then other times he would say, 
um, chant Hare Krishna, go, go about your, your duties, and so chant Hare Krishna and share it with others. So he was given a very simple process. But um, we can see that um, as, we, as we become purified, we begin to consider ourselves, like Lord J. Sunny said, he said, I'm not, I'm not any of the social orders. I'm not any of the occupational duties. I'm a servant of the servant of Krishna. Das, das, anudas. As we serve Krishna's servants, we, we serve those who are dear to Krishna, then we make lots of advancement. And that's the stage of, there's different stages of events, Kanishta Adhikari, Madhyam Adhikari, Uttama Adhikari. Uh, Madhyam Adhikari, he still sees some designation. Uttama Adhikari, he feels like I'm lower than the low. He's like, I'm the lowest. <laughs> that's how he feels. This is the most advanced. He feels like I'm, I'm, he always feels like I'm the servant of Krishna's servants. And so we can also see, we can also test our own consciousness. We can look at these qualities, read these qualities. How am I doing? How, how are the fruits of knowledge developing in my own consciousness? Like that, so. Okay, so I'm going to Mari Mohini's contribution. And then we're going to soon wrap it up. Let's see, she's, so she chose chapter 13, text 16. It is confirmed in Brahma Samhita that the devotee who has developed love for the Supreme God can see him always without cessation. Understanding. One cannot see the Lord through our material eyes, for he is transcendental. But through purifying our mind and senses, through practicing Krishna consciousness, one can see him. Application. I will continue to practice Krishna consciousness and to pray to the Lord that I may love him more and more so as to be able one day to see the Lord constantly. That will be so sweet and amazing. I believe that as I continue to purify my senses through Krishna consciousness, the Lord, by His great mercy, will grant that this happens. I am so thankful. And that's the mood of a devotee. It's feeling like, I'm totally relying on the mercy of the Lord. One day He'll, be, he'll, he'll benedict me. One day He'll just bestow this mercy on me, and then I'll be able to be a pure devotee. Actually, Daivataka Maharaj, all you know Daivataka Maharaj, He's a he's a, a great disciple of Sri Prabhupada. He gave his whole life to Sri Prabhupada. To this day, he, he he he's paralyzed on one side of his body, but he's still just going and going, traveling and preaching and sharing. And I, and I watched a video of he gave, he gave a video of how he came to Krishna consciousness. And at the end, he says, "I just, I just pray that one day I become a pure devotee." <laughs> Everybody around the world is thinking, "This is the purest devotee on the planet." You know? <laughs> one day. I pray that I'll be a pure devotee. So that's how they feel. Um, okay, so I'll share uh, what I had here because I didn't get to share it last week. Okay, so this is from Bhagavad Gita 1322, part of the purport. How he is put into such different bodies is explained here in reference to Purusha Prakriti Stohi. Talking about the living entity is, is placed in different bodies. The the um, higher energy of God, the living entity, is enjoying or suffering based on his association with the modes of nature. It is due to association with the different modes of nature. One has to rise, therefore, above the, the three material modes and become situated in the transcendental position. That is called Krishna consciousness. Unless one is situated in Krishna consciousness, his material consciousness will oblige him to transfer from one body to another because he has material desires since time immemorial. But he has to change that conception. That change can be affected only by hearing from authoritative sources. The best example is here. Arjuna is hearing the science of God from Krishna. The living entity, if he submits to this hearing process, will lose his long-cherished desire to dominate material nature. And gradually and proportionally, as he reduces his long desire to dominate, he comes to enjoy spiritual happiness. In a Vedic mantra, it is said that as he becomes learned in association with the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he proportionately relishes his eternal blissful life. So understanding? Spiritual happiness is so close, yet so far away sometimes. It is actually right there within our hearts. We radiate this bliss and love when we open our ears and hearts to accept Krishna as our all in all. Material affection is compared to hard knots that bind us and shield our vision from the radiance of the spiritual world. Breaking off these hard knots of affection requires a determined resolution to hear and associate with Krishna and his devotees. True hearing and associating means service and accepting instructions from surrendered devotees. It means giving up the concept of enjoyer, controller, and independent world navigator. 
To be the captain of our own ship means titanic-like escapades of assured destruction. Better to humbly imbibe the mood of our acharyas and submit our life to our diksha and shiksha gurus. By so doing, we will please them greatly. By such activities, we will maintain divine association. By such increased association, our bliss will know no bounds. Because Sri the Prophet had said, um, as he submits to the hearing process, will lose his long-cherished desire to dominate material nature. And gradually and proportionately, as he reduces his long desire to dominate, he comes to enjoy spiritual happiness. Who's that said? Sri the Prabhupada, he, he wrote that commentary, and that was giving my understanding. Uh-huh. And so now I'm going to share my application, how I can... Oh, but the thing you just read, is that Part of it was Sri the Prabhupada, and then I gave my understanding. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry, I, mean, no, I should have okay. delineated sure. that, yeah. So this is uh, my application. In my Krishna conscious sojourn over the past eight years, I've realized the significance of this statement by Srila Prabhupada. My greatest happiness in Krishna consciousness has been when my Diksha, Shiksha, and the assembled devotees have been pleased with my life offering to Srila Prabhupada, pleased with my mood of devotion, pleased with my loyalty to his instructions, and the exchanges of love in such an environment. The most difficult times in Krishna consciousness have been when I have displeased my, shiksha, my Diksha Guru, Shiksha, and other devotees in numerous ways. Therefore, my pray, prayer is to obtain the full blessings of the assembled devotees through my service and thereby maintain the highest treasure of divine association. Because Krishna is saying, Purusha Prakriti Stohi, Bhunkte Prakriti Janguna. He's saying, as you're associating with the modes of nature, you're enjoying and suffering material life. So, contrary to that, the exact opposite of that is when we maintain devotee association then we begin to take on the uh, divine spiritual qualities of the spiritual world. So if we can ma- maintain that, that spiritual association, then we, all good fortune comes our way. Because in that way, we, we actually transcend the modes of nature through um, spiritual consciousness. Spiritual consciousness comes through the devotees of Krishna. And that's why Lord Chaitanya is emphasizing this point, servant of the servant. Because of the servant. Of the servant. Yeah, right. And and Srila Prabhupada, he says the most congenial form of intimacy is service. There's so much bickering and fighting and arguing because um, the service mood isn't there. But as we were were mentioning the other day, everybody loves a servant. (laughs) If you just become a servant, then it's easy to have connection and love, right? Okay, so six o'clock. Does anybody have any last final Realizations or questions? Mm-hmm. No? Okay. Alan? Okay. Who's joining us on Hari now tonight? Honey Bo. Honey Bo. What time do you leave on Hari now? Well, 6.30. Are two coming? Okay. You want to go? All right. Thank you so much. Hare Krishna. Thank you all for sharing.